When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Saturday Sports Talk. Courtney Cronin in for Judd Zolgad along with me, Matthew Collar. And joining us now from CBS Sports NFL draft writer, Chris Trapasso. Chris, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm not keeping you away from your baby shower yet, am I? Uh, no, my wife is at the baby shower, so I'm at home with our eight-month-old, and there's you know sleep schedules and feeding times, but she's still sleeping. So okay. Good. All right. Okay. Good. So if you if you talk <laughs> quietly, then uh, we'll understand. Um, yes, exactly. Let me start with the quarterbacks in this draft, Chris, and then we'll get to the offensive line and the Vikings and what might happen at the end of the first round. But I am enthralled with these quarterbacks. I was watching Josh Allen throw it over mountains yesterday on the uh, Pro Day video, um, but I still watch him play and am really underwhelmed. So where do you stand on Josh Allen and just how the top of this first round could go with all these good quarterback prospects? Well, Josh Allen, to me, just looks like the not only the prototypical franchise quarterback, but more so the prototypical guy who ultimately does not live up to being a top five or a top ten or even a first-round pick. Hmm. Um, I actually watched his film in two separate sets just to kind of check myself in terms of, you know, maybe I didn't see something or I was, you know, too harsh in one area. And after the combine, I liked him a little bit more. He has, you know, his film in 2017 was so strange because against Iowa and Oregon, which were two games that his team was clearly overmatched almost at every position talent wise. He looked like an undrafted free agent, just made terrible decisions, was antsy in the pocket, left clean pockets, was not accurate, forced the football. But then in his other, you know, eight to 10 other games against Mountain West opponents and against some smaller schools, he actually looked pretty decent. I mean, there were the, still the same accuracy issues, and I don't think he's a natural pocket drifter. Um, he, he gets a little bit chaotic when there is pressure, but that film was a lot better. There, it's not like he can't throw an accurate pass. So like, I think some of the criticism has kind of gotten overblown a little bit. I view him somewhere in the second round just in a vacuum, but obviously he's probably going to go much earlier than that. So a team that wants him – We'll probably have to pick him in the top five. Chris, we haven't heard a whole ton recently about Lamar Jackson outside of, you know, there was kind of that lull after the combine about, you know, standing up for himself essentially and say, draft me as a quarterback. I'm not going to play wide receiver. And I know Louisville's pro day is coming up next, I think Wednesday or Tuesday. What, 
where where does his stock stand right now? Because I think he was one of the more intriguing quarterback prospects at the combine, just for kind of the ancillary stuff that's surrounding him and what position he's going to play next in the NFL and how he fits the mold. Um, obviously, we'd heard you know some teams thrown out there with the Saints in the mix is potentially a good landing spot. What where's where's he at right now? That's a really good question, and I think it's he's probably the hardest quarterback to peg where his stock is for one reason, that he does not have an agent. He doesn't have someone that is literally paid to talk to media members, talk to teams, leak stuff about potential interest. And I think that's why, you know, we've seen a lot of these top quarterbacks, almost all of them, connected to all the teams picking in the top five or top ten or the teams that need a quarterback later in the draft. And we haven't heard a peep about him because he doesn't have that agent. That He's his own agent. His mom's helping him um, as kind of his manager. I think he will go in the first round because – he is that type of player that all it really takes is one team to envision an offense built around him and maybe a club later, like you mentioned, the Saints, that has a veteran that wouldn't ask him to start right away but down the road would be willing to you know, incorporate what we saw from the Eagles in the playoffs. And for most of the 2017 season, a lot of read option, run pass option. Um, so I think he will go in the first round, but I think it, it's you know he's somewhere in the 20 to – mid-30 range in terms of being a, a late first or an early second round pick. Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports, NFL draft writer with us here, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, in for Saturday Sports Talk. The top two guys that I watch and I'm just consistently impressed with are Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield. Uh, less so, Chris, all the time consistently with Sam Darnold. Uh, yet I saw some reports the other day that if he wasn't the number one pick, it would be surprising. So can you tell me why Darnold has more hype than the other two when I think his actual play from last year was hot or cold? You know, I think that's a really good assessment because I'm not as high on him as the consensus either because I think that's true that he – actually regressed in 2017 from where we saw him in 2016 as the redshirt freshman where he really just burst onto the scene. There were a lot more interceptions, turnovers, um, you know, throws that he didn't have really great footwork and he seemed a little antsy in the pocket. Um, I think it's probably just because of his perceived upside. And I've said this on a ton of radio interviews. It's kind of almost common knowledge now that he's going to be 20 years old when he's uh, drafted in April Last year, uh, Deshaun Kaiser of the Browns was like one of the youngest starting quarterbacks in NFL history. If Darnold starts week one in the 2018 season, it's uh, going to be his distinction as the youngest quarterback to ever start in the NFL at just over 21 years old. So I think those high highs are what are really appealing to a team like the Browns that they hope that, hey, if he sits behind someone like Tyrod Taylor for a season – or a veteran, maybe Eli Manning if he goes to the Giants, um, that down the road he can be that franchise guy. I think he's kind of similar to Jameis Winston or maybe Phillip Rivers, and Phillip Rivers sat for his entire rookie season. So I think that's kind of the reason why, um, because there are some great anticipation throws down the field where he reads coverages very well. He just seems to be ahead of most quarterbacks at his age and at his lack of experience. Penn State's pro day this last week, Saquon Barkley decided to pass on the workout aspect, which is really no surprise. It's more of a chance for him. I also <laughs> passed on every workout opportunity. I mean, why, why would you at this point? I mean, but talking about some of the best fits, and I mean, there's been so much movement within the top 
five, six teams in the draft. Obviously, right around this time last week, the the Jets made the trade with the Colts to be able to get the higher pick, which to me screams quarterback. But Chris, when you take a look at Saquon Barkley and obviously where he will fall in this draft, how can a, how can he modernize an NFL offense? And I mean, just the intrigue of what he brings to the draft this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big advocate of not picking running backs in the first round and, and certainly not in the top 10. But that's what's kind of interesting about the draft, and it's kind of like a, a secondary storyline or you know something to follow that you can rate a prospect like Saquon Barkley um, or one of the quarterbacks very high, but then you also have to look at where they'll possibly go and then kind of slot a player into that respective draft slot that I think he's going to go in the top five, and I think a good fit um, would be with the Browns because they do have a pretty good offensive line. They just signed Carlos Hyde, so that would make kind of a crowded backfield. But in terms of what he can do, and if there are any running backs of the last two or three drafts uh, that should probably go very early in the first round, it would be him just because of two reasons. that I, I see his game and his NFL ability is very similar to Zeke Elliott, but he's a better receiver than Elliott was, and he can hit that 70- or 80-yard touchdown, which Elliott was probably better between the tackles and was a better uh, pass protector, but he did not have that and hasn't really shown that ability to hit those long plays and was not as comfortable as a receiver. So I think with Barkley, you're not just drafting that you know, dynamic running back who's the size of a fullback, but you're drafting someone that you can use on all three downs. Chris Trapasso with us, CBS Sports NFL draft writer, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, Saturday Sports Talk. Well, how about the Vikings? They're drafting in number 30, and I think that there's two different ways that they could go, Chris. They could either fill their immediate need at number 30 and draft a guard in a very good guard class, or they could go luxury pick there and wait and see if one of those really good guards drops because it, it seems like that happens a lot where everybody gets real excited about all the quarterbacks, all the edge rushers, all the corners, and then you could find guards a little later on or interior linemen, uh, just like they did Pat Elfline. Where do you see that playing out? And uh, specifically with the offensive line class, how strong is it if the Vikings do want to make that pick at number 30? Well, I think if they can get Pat Elfline's former teammate Billy Price from Ohio State in the second round um, after his pectoral injury at the Combine, then that's probably what they should do, and and they should just go best player available um, in the first round. But I think, you know, in the later stages of the second round, that would be be a little bit surprised if Price is still there then because his film is very good, super experienced. You can plug and play him at center or guard. Um, but I think that this interior offensive line class is very good um, in terms of its top-level talent and its depth. But for a team like the Vikings, I just think when you're picking anywhere from, say, 24 to 32, you're in that Super Bowl window. And they obviously signed Kirk Cousins, so they feel like it's, it's time to not only just get to a Super Bowl but win a Super Bowl. I would be totally fine with them picking someone like Will Hernandez from UTEP, who's the widest, most powerful, and to me, pretty mobile um, offensive guard in this class. Even Isaiah Wynn, who played left tackle at Georgia, can certainly play inside, is strong enough, has enough anchoring ability. Um, so really, if, if they think and, and have you know, talked to enough teams and believe enough teams that they can get Billy Price to pair with his former teammate in the second round, they should go that route. But if not, if either Wynn or Hernandez are there, when they go on the clock in the first round, I think that would be a, a smart, not very sexy, but a smart 
shrewd um, pick in the first round. Chris, uh, the one thing that I've thought maybe they might do is draft their future tight end. Um, is there a tight end that belongs in the first round in this draft? If there's any tight end that does belong, it's probably Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State. Um, there obviously will be some transition for him just because he's coming from that you know lesser competition. But he's a great receiver, big, um, uses his his long arms and his big hands very well. You know, he will be a, a matchup nightmare in the red zone right away and was used um, closer to the line of scrimmage as a blocker. He's not Rob Gronkowski as a blocker, but can get it done um, on occasion in that area. But again, for a team like the Vikings, if they think that they're one or two pieces away from getting to the Super Bowl, I mean, picking someone like Mike Gusecki out of Penn State who had, you know, a tremendous combine and is a awesome leaper and you know when you watch his film you see him make tons of catches outside his frame he's almost like a big wide receiver if they wanted to go there out i think some people would label that a reach but when you're in a situation like the vikings are i would be totally fine with that um you know just to give kirk cousins another weapon out wide chris great stuff thanks for uh, dropping by this morning thanks for having me